Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. I'm Travis Steffen and I got Britt and Chris with me today and what a game guys. What was your probably best impression of the game? Chris, why don't you bat some lead off? What do you think? <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Listen, it uh, we called it, Travis. We called it. Um, it was exactly everything that happened happened was exactly what I thought was going to happen is exactly what Travis thought was going to happen if Britt was on here he probably would have disagreed with a few things but I'm going to throw him in there too it was exactly what Britt thought was going to happen <laughs> the Chargers played the Chiefs and the Chiefs won and that's what happens that's what happens um <clears throat> you know it Marcus Peters the uh, I don't know Kareem Hunt Philip Rivers everything that we hit on you know, Philip Rivers is trash. He can't beat the Chiefs. Um, I don't know if uh, – <clears throat> I wish I would have put money on that game. Um, that's probably the biggest disappointment uh, is that I didn't put money on the game. But um, I was impressed. Man, the defense impressed me uh, for the most part. Uh, they held their own. Uh, I was talking to you guys before we went on there, and uh, – yeah. There aren't any Charger stats that really jump out at you and say, ooh, they got us there. Uh, there were some instances in the game where we could have played a little bit better and, and could have done some things a little bit differently. But uh, for the most part, <clears throat> the Chiefs are looking good, and I dare say that they're looking a little bit better than maybe they did first part of the season. Um, <clears throat> we didn't have both sides of the ball playing well uh, the first five weeks. We had – we had one side playing really well, but uh, both sides haven't played well all year. And uh, even though I, I will say that I think it's a little bit late, um, man, you know, that's exactly what, what I thought was going to happen. Um, it was a little sketchy for a while, and I'm not saying that I was a little uh, perturbed at, at points and scaring the children and the wife and the dog and the cat. But uh, if they can continue to do this, um, dare I say that uh, they they can uh, they can probably get past the first weekend of the playoffs. Oh, you're gonna really leave Brit with that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, that's right, just Brit. easy. I'll, I'll let that slide. That's just too easy. <laughs> no, it was. It, I mean, and I, if I'd have been on the show last week, I would have agreed with probably pretty much everything you guys said. Um, I. I thought it was going to be a closer game just because of how good the Chargers had been playing. But it's it's Phillip Rivers and Arrowhead. It's kind of like Derek Carr and Arrowhead. I don't know what it is about it, but they suck there. And Rivers especially, he's one. If you get in his head in the first corner, I think I said this. I said this somewhere. Maybe it was the episode before that or just when we were chatting on Attic or something. But the first quarter is when you find out about Phillip Rivers. If you can get him rattled in the first quarter, he's done for the rest of the game. And that's what they did. From the first quarter on, he just was rattled. Him and his receivers were off base. He'd throw outside. They'd go inside. He'd throw deep right. They'd go deep left. You know, the, the second interception, the first interception was just stupid. He chucked it up for anybody, and he underthrew it by 10 yards. But... You know, the other interception Peters had, the wide receiver cut one way and the throw was the other way. I mean, it's one of those, I don't know whose fault it is. Should the receiver have cut in? Did the receiver make the right move? Somebody that plays in the NFL that knows these things would have to tell me that. But the fact well, is, if you ask Philip Rivers, it, it's not Philip Rivers' fault if you ask him, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, not Big Ben's fault that he threw the interception either. That was uh, from the sideline. You mean the one he pump faked like three times? Yeah, uh, but no, it, it, the Chiefs did what they should have done. I mean, I wrote the positives and negatives article after the game, and I spent about 30 minutes just trying to think of negatives because if you're going to write positives and negatives, you got to have at least one. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the only negatives I could come up with was the end of the half made me want to freaking strangle somebody through my TV. I mean, you get all the way down to 34, pretty regular i mean i would have used a timeout a little sooner to save you 15 or 20 seconds but you know you're at the 34 yard line with 35 seconds left and two timeouts 
Worst case scenario, your offense is moving good. Try to get an extra 10 or 15 yards to make it an easy field goal. Instead, they went 52 yarder. Eh, That's good. We'll just we'll just basically kneel it twice in a row and let Butker kick a 52 yarder instead of in December an arrowhead instead of, you know, a 40 yarder. For at least one drive and go for a touchdown for once right before half. Yeah, for at least one drive, and it and it's the only drive I can remember off the top of my head that they did this, but for one drive, they played not to lose. The rest of the game, they played to win. They were even, you know, like you said, they only threw they only threw the one deep ball. It was a really good one. But they didn't really have to throw deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were I mean, Hunt was getting yards. Even their checkdowns were getting eight, nine yards every time. You know, there wasn't just, except for that one play before half, there really wasn't any of those automatic checkdown to the receiver for one yard and he gets drilled. I can't, I can't really think of any other times of that. So, I mean, the offense was doing great. The defense did what they should have been doing all year. We're not the Ravens from 03. We're not the 85 Bears. We got to do some stuff and we got to throw, take risk and hope they pan out. Against a guy like Philip Rivers, that stuff's going to pan out because he's not good when he gets pressure on his face and when he has a bad day. So they brought crazy blitzes. They left the D-backs on an island for once. Peters was up press covering for the first time all year. Sutton called a great defensive game. Now, I hope to God they don't play that defense when they play New England or Pittsburgh in the playoffs because they will get absolutely destroyed if they play that defense. Because Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady will not be Phillip Rivers. But for this game plan against this quarterback, it was a perfect game plan, and they executed it perfectly. Going forward, I hope they keep adjusting, watch tape, see what worked, what doesn't work, against what, who and when. That way, when they get to the playoffs... They can bring out a game plan specifically designed for that team that day and hopefully get something done. Now, since you teed it up for me, I guess I'll go with it. Once they get to the playoffs, they'll win the opening weekend. I mean, it's going to be at home against probably Baltimore, and I don't think anybody's that scared of Baltimore. Now, it is the Chiefs at Arrowhead at home, so that's scary. It's the Chiefs in the playoffs. I think I think we actually normally you what what is the line you get three points for being at home in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think we actually lose five points for being at home in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe, but I still think we'd be like a two point favorite even with that. So, but then you got to go to Pittsburgh. You got to go to New England and see. And that's why I wanted Pittsburgh to win. It would be less likely that we'd face them till later on. Well, no, because we'll be the four seed. If Pittsburgh won, we'd go to Pittsburgh for the first game. We'll we'll play whoever the one seed is first. Well, either way, I don't like either one of those matchups. Still, I you know I know that we won against New England in Week One, but you know I know their defense is still pretty crap. Um, I'm not scared of their defense. I'm scared of Tom Brady having even 15 seconds. Um, but yeah, I was I was overly pretty much. I, you know, I kept looking at my wife and uh, she started just rolling her eyes at me because, you know, it, it, it's like you said, Chris, like we, we named everything that was going to happen. You know, the way to beat the Chargers is, you know, play physical on defense, you know, play, play press with your corners, run the ball, keep the Chargers offense off the field, uh, pressure Rivers. It's not a great line. I'm not really sure how he is the least sacked quarterback in the league up until that game, but... You know, I know they only got two sacks, but they were in his face all day. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know what it is about the Chiefs and the Chargers or the Raiders. You know, both those quarterbacks do really terrible against the Chiefs. You know, you you look at, you know, what they were praising Philip Rivers for not throwing an interception for four games. He only had seven on the season. Well, now he has 10, and out of those 10 interceptions, the Chiefs have six of those. That's ridiculous. And, you know, you, you go back and, you know, look at the streak. You know, they've tied the uh, eight games in a row against a divisional opponent, which was the last time was the Chargers, like in the early 90s. And, it, you know, it's, I don't know, I, I, was, I was not scared going into that game. 
you know, and I, I wrote that article about it, how they were being overhyped, looking at the competition, even putting in there that, yes, I know that, you know, they've beaten teams that we should have, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be scared of them. And, you know, I talked about how to stop them, uh, what the Chiefs need to do, why I'm not scared of them. I got called a homer, got called a lot of names that I can't mention on this podcast. It, it was definitely a fulfilling moment when the Chiefs, you know, finally finished the game. And I was just like, okay, okay. You know, I, I went back in the comment section for a little bit. <clears throat> didn't get any responses, but... Um, no, you know, Kareem Hunt, uh, broke some more records. Uh, he broke the most yards by a rookie running back for the Chiefs, uh, passing Joe Delaney. Um, he, what was it? He beat a franchise record of rushing yards against a single opponent in a season with 327 against the Chargers. I mean, this, this was literally out of the game plan they literally just dug up the week three game plan and went with it. You know, it was a lot of short passes, like you say, a lot of screens, a lot of uh, check down passes and run the football and then play physical on defense. You know, that, that was the one thing that I talked about from week three is that's the one time I saw them actually playing some press coverage, you know, other than the Raiders. And what do you know? It was the same exact thing. Keenan Allen that was supposed to dominate this chart or this Kansas City Chiefs defense once again, was held to just like 50-something yards. I'm completely okay with what happened on Saturday night, and I think that I'm still not confident about playoffs, you know, maybe the first round, but, you know, until... It's like you guys. With the Steelers and the Patriots, until I see it in the playoffs, I'm just not going to feel confident about it. The Steelers, even in the regular season. Yeah, I mean that. Like, you know, when you get in the playoffs, it's just one of those. I, I can't buy fully in until they beat one of them. You know, if they go to Pittsburgh or they go to New England and they beat them, and it's a you know they play great. Okay, then going to the AFC Championship game, I may be a little too excited. My wife won't be happy that I'm going to be that loud that day. But <laughs> you know, until then, I'm not going to go into a Pittsburgh or a New England game with too much of high hopes. We can. It's football. Any day, anything can happen. I mean, God, you could walk into New England and Tom Brady gets hurt on the second play of the game. Well, then that changes everything, you know. I mean, Jay Cutler played but, better than Brady, you know, just a week ago. So really anything could happen. Yeah. Wait. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying, guys, that we're going to do anything beyond the second weekend of the playoffs. I just think if they play like they did, and they played like they have been in the last two weeks. There's no way that they shouldn't get to the second week of the playoff. Now, I'm not going to go on air. I'm not going to give you guys the satisfaction of saying that we're, <laughs> we're on our way to the Super Bowl or we're going to beat Pittsburgh or we're going to beat New England again for the second time in, in one season, which just isn't well, – I, I don't have that in me. I don't have that in me. That, that would be a homer, right? Um, but – Absolutely. Anything could happen. I mean, we could, you know, that, can the Chiefs beat the Steelers? I think so. Can they beat them at Pittsburgh in the playoffs? Probably not. But but Pittsburgh isn't unbeatable despite how many times no, just, they've whipped You just our... have to be able to score 20 points. <clears throat> sure. And, uh, <clears throat> well, Dope. you know, you, gotta, you have to keep Philip Gaines off the field is what you have to do. Uh, you, you can't you can't allow Philip Gaines or his helmet or his face mask anywhere. Don't even put him on the plane, and 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 we have a chance to win at the end. He's one uh, of the inactives. He was inactive, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the way it that's the way it should be. Well, but, and, um, and I apologize, to Philip Gaines' mom, if he's listening, but uh, that's just the way it is. Well, it, it's you 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 have to play the game, okay, you guys. They, you still have to play the game. Um, it, it's, I just like what I see. For the first time in since week five, I like what I see. And uh, I like what the defense is doing. Um, I love the fact that the defensive line is active. They're moving around. They're actually getting some pressure. And with that pressure, 
the secondary the secondary can do some things and and that's what that's what they've been lacking the whole time and it, it's it's pressure if you you have to have one or the other you have to have pressure or you have to have a good secondary and there for so long we had neither and that's why we couldn't stop anybody yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this whole back-to-back afc west champion stuff because yes they're gonna they're all they gotta do is win one or two or san diego lose one of two and they're gonna win it so we'll go ahead and go out on a limb and say they're gonna win the afc west and it'll be the first time in i believe the first time in franchise history that they've won the division back-to-back years mm-hmm. and unbelievable Sad. which hey it cool and i'm sure they're going to make a lot of t-shirts and sell a lot of t-shirts that say back to back on them but i'll be interested to see how the players and the team handles it like after the game are you going to hear nothing but back to back champs baby we're proud you know we're proud to be back to back and all the advertisements buy back to back championship t-shirts blah 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 or are they just going to be like yeah it's cool we we don't we don't we don't care that's that's not what we're here for. We're we're here to do more. So I, I don't care. Just yeah, it's cool. You know what kind of if if there's nothing but hype around that they won back to back, I'm gonna be real nervous because that's somebody that's really happy about doing not much. <laughs> yeah. So I want a T-shirt that says it took us this long to do this. You know. Yeah. Uh, like I, I want to hear them be like, hey, back to back, first time in team history. That's cool. You know, we're proud of that. That was goal number one, but that's nowhere near the end of the goal. And if that's all we do, it's a failure of a season because it would be a failure of a season. So how much I got, I got I got to change the subject here, guys. How much is Eric Berry the most valuable player on the Chiefs this season? Sure. Seems like it. Bennett. It's a completely different team. Come on, him on the sidelines. Well, it's the yeah. same team we had the first five weeks. So I mean, it's not a completely different team. It's just a different team from the last five weeks. That defense. Five. That defense is different now. That defense uh, is different. The defense wasn't as bad in the first five weeks. They were horrible against the Raiders. They were horrible against the Texans. New England. Uh, they that Texans, bad. not so much. That was like late fourth quarter prevent because we were up so much. I mean, the, the Eagles game, what they held, I mean, what, the Eagles got a touchdown late when they were prevent. Otherwise, they, what, 10, 12 points? The Redskins mm-hmm. were 10, 14 points. See, but surprisingly, I mean, everybody thought that our defense was absolutely garbage in the first five weeks. You know, everyone was, you know, sitting here saying that Terrence Mitchell doesn't deserve a spot on this roster. Uh, you know, of course, the same was said about Philip Gaines, but that's a little more warranted. Um, but... You know, everyone was already starting to complain about Justin Houston. There, there was still a lot of complaining about the defense in those first five weeks. And I, I, well, in those I'm, first five weeks, they were playing, I mean, Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. You know, they weren't playing Phillip Rivers and Derek Carr, the Chargers and Raiders, who we've beaten eight times in a row, you know. <laughs> So, I, honestly, if you said the most valuable person on the team right now, I'd say Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Assuming, because, I mean, obviously, when Kareem Hunt has a good day, we win. When Kareem Hunt doesn't have a good day, we lose. Which is another surprising thing because, you know, I was I was asking our editor, you know, like we were, we were going over topics for after the game, and I usually do like a what we learned thing, and, you know, he wanted me to cover Kareem Hunt. And I basically made it how the success of Kareem Hunt decides pretty much how this offense is going to look and how the team really looks. And, you know, you you look at when he's successful, what we can do. And when he gets 17 or more carries, we're 7-2. and And when he doesn't, we're 1-4. and And, you know, know, I, I just talked about, you know, Kareem Hunt and his importance to this offense. And I still got people, you know, t- telling you you're a retard and you're an idiot. Like, like yes, I get that that's not the only thing that factors into this offense. I'm not blind. You know, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, this is a very huge piece, if not the biggest piece. Because, I mean, y- y- you can look at stats-wise. You can look at just, you know, 
the whole momentum of that offense and what they're able to do whenever they're able to run the ball. That allows for one-on-one matchups with Tyreek Hill on the outside. And even, you know, they, they put up that stat with Casey Hayward right before that touchdown to Tyreek Hill. That, that was perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. I loved it. And, you know, I, I talked before the game that, you know, yeah, Hayward's great, but I don't care how good he is. He's not fast enough to keep up with him. You know, I don't care who the corner is. You put him one-on-one against Tyreek Hill, I'm tossing that ball up. Yeah, and, I mean, to get, I mean, to get back to Barry, Barry is very important, though, for sure. Like, not trying to downplay that because he finally did what I've been asking him to do pretty much every game of the season since he got hurt was show up. Yes, he did. And when he shows up the last two games, man, the defense has at least been fired up. They've showed more emotion than they've showed all season. Oh, haven't they? I mean, and, I mean, they're having more fun. Oh, yeah. And just, I, I think his leadership, which I never once denied how great of a leader he was and how much of a, how much everybody looks up to him. I just wish he'd done it sooner instead of sitting his butt on in Atlanta for six weeks while we sucked horribly. But, I said all year, all anybody tells me is how great of a leader and a coach he is. Well, then get your butt on the sideline and be a leader and a coach. Because I, I care a lot more about that than him actually being on the field. I mean, I like when he's on the field, but I think the leadership and him just being there to, to rally everybody and to be that guy everybody can look to is vastly more important. I've just I, seen I've seen a completely different defense out there, you know, to see – See Peters in Houston, you know, kind of dancing right before the snap. And it wasn't just once. It was twice, three times, four times. They were in it. They knew they knew that they were they knew they were balling out. And uh, and um, the what Eric Berry means to Marcus Peters is uh, substantial to me. It's 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 blatantly obvious that Peters needs Berry around. He even talked about that. He, t- you sure. know, even, uh, you know, Parker touched on it, but you know, Peters especially, um, when he was acknowledging his suspension and making his apologies, he he noted how, you know, Barry not being there has really made it hard for him. You know, he he mentioned how Barry's that guy that he always goes to when he's frustrated and who can calm him down and keep him in line and. Um, you know, it's like a big brother thing and I completely agree. Now, if I could just get Eric Berry to make me a little hype up video for every day of my life, I'd be, (laughs) man, that guy can get you hyped up. And and it wasn't like he was like shouting and, you know, screaming and stuff. Like it was just him talking, you know, but I was hyped. Like I was sitting there kind of bouncing on my couch while I was watching that video. He, he's yeah, something I mean, else. Shoot, I uh, yeah, I know I know somebody inside Arrow, and I, I talked to him before the game, and I told him like, man, if you guys really want to get the crowd like to an insanity level, which I've told them to do this a few times, nobody ever listens to me, shocker. <laughs> but I said, if you really want to get an insanity, give Eric Berry the flag before the game, have everybody in the tunnel ready to go, and then just have Eric Berry walk. Don't even run. Just oh, have yeah. Eric Berry walk to midfield and then wave the flag a couple times and then spike it. And when he spikes it, shoot off the flames and have everybody come out. The place will go insanely bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> like it'd be nuts. How, how insane the crowd would be. Now, of course they didn't do it. Cause like I said, nobody ever listens to me, but that a pretty sweet that, that, video though. That's just, that's just how, Eric Berry is to, I mean, the crowd and the team. So hopefully he's on the bench for the, I mean, I guess there's something in the league about if you're on IR, you can't be, you can't travel. Well, I'll let you know if he's there Sunday, because I'll be there. I assume that means you can't travel with the team. Well, I'm pretty sure he can afford a plane ticket. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure there's no rules about him just, you know sitting front row and like being in the box or something and going into the locker room pregame or something. I, I guarantee you, if you start a GoFundMe account for him, we'll get, you'll get the money. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got $75 million. I, I don't need a GoFundMe account for him. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think you even really need to. You know the. You know, talking about traveling to. You know, he can't go to an away game. The only away game before the playoffs is Denver. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about the playoffs, not right? Denver. I was gonna say, you know, you, you look at Denver and it's, you know, you you we've had our discussions over the quarterback discussion and you know what to do there. I am, you know, I'll gladly keep Alex Smith over the three that they have there. You know, I I feel, and it, I think the best part about it is John Elway being the general manager and having such a crapshoot for quarterbacks. It's absolutely beautiful to me. I you know I think Elway's always been kind of an overrated guy. Well, but it's not a surprise. I mean, it's one of those those who can't do coach, those who can do well, then they just do it. It's hard to be a coach or a GM or anything when you were the greatest, one of the greatest of all time because it was easy for you. Mm-hmm. Some guy comes up and like, man, this guy's got this and this. Oh, oh, cool. Just put him in camp. I'll teach him this and this. He'll be fine. Well, no, dude, he's not you. Right. Well, he's not. Off. He's not just going to get it like this and this. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't work Osweiler like that. Back. Then bringing Osweiler back pretty much sums that all that up in one little, in one little statement. I think as far as the trouble that Denver and John Elway is in. I think that Osweiler holds the biggest uh, football talk or you know team talk when he said that uh, you know when he when the news broke that he was going back to Denver and in the press conference he said that this was one of the happiest days of my life coming back to Denver. I call BS. Oh yeah, that had to be the so most awkward thing in your life. But <laughs> <Yeah>. anyways. <laughs> Back to Chiefs. So, speaking of Marcus Peters, you know, like like we said last episode, he was going to come out. He was going to be on fire. He was. He had, what, two interceptions and a forced fumble. And I didn't see any of those people to complain about him going for the strip on Twitter on Saturday night. You know, all I saw was, you know, great play by my man Marcus Peters. And, you know, I didn't see any. Hey, I, I did get one response that, you know, no, I'm still kind of against the, you know, going for the strip. Like, if you're the first guy there, well, that's the thing. When Marcus Peters went for the strip, DJ or Raglan was right there the two times that he did it. And they were wrapping up. I'm completely okay with it. And I've said this from day one with Marcus Peters. If you have to decide what you're willing to give up, and that's how much you're going to get. Because with Marcus Peters, he's going to get burned a couple times every here and there. He's going to give up a bigger play going for that strip sometimes or to, you know, jump on a route. But the takeaway, which we haven't seen much of this season, that's why you're getting a lot of backlash on Peters, is you're not getting as many takeaways this season. Now, we did last game and everyone was completely excited. But the games that, you know, the time that he'll jump around and miss the interception and the guy will get some extra yards, everyone's ticked off. You, you got to realize playing that style, that very aggressive style of football, you're going to give up some plays. You have to figure out, is it worth getting the big plays? And if yeah. you're going to sit here and, you know, complain to me that, you know, Marcus Pierce shouldn't be going for any of those strips and <laughs> stuff like that and shouldn't be jumping this route, that that route. Okay, well, then you can't complain about this team ever being conservative because that's exactly what you're wanting to do is play conservative. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I've said it forever. That's what that's who Marcus Peters is, and that's why he's one of the best corners in the league. The strip stuff and no tackling has always been stupid. He All you got to do is watch the game. He never goes for strips when it's one-on-one. Like, for example, the third and two when he drilled the guy short of the first down. Mm-hmm. He only goes for strips when he knows somebody is right behind him. So he says, well, I'm going to try to strip it. This guy behind me is going to drill him. And so, okay, he maybe gets one or two extra yards. But that's ri- that's worth the reward risk of a reward. turnover. Yeah, risk versus reward. The interceptions. You know, yeah, I'm gonna go for the picks because if I don't get the picks, most of the time I'm gonna tip it, knock it down, or something anyway. So your risk isn't that often. And I mean, he got thrown at 
I heard the stat today. He got thrown at six, six times. times, gave up no catches, two interceptions, and got a strip fumble with Ragland. He also had a and a uh, pass, pass deflection. deflection. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think Pro Football Focus said it was the fourth or fifth time this year he had given up less than five yards receiving in a mm-hmm. game, and people want to complain. I was listening <laughs> oh, to Kevin well, Keatsman on don't. the radio, and he's the biggest Marcus Peters haters on earth, and he couldn't even say too much good. He said he had a great game, but then you know he said, well, of course Philip Rivers gifted him the two interceptions. I mean, he threw it right to him. You know, heaven forbid that Peters was in the exact right spot because he made the exact perfect play. His return was awesome. People complaining he, he was holding the ball like a loaf of bread. Well, there was nobody near him. I don't care how you hold it when nobody's near you. Now, if you go diving into a pile holding the ball like that, that's a problem. Running an open field, who cares? So, and it's just, he is what he is. Not, Peters didn't do anything different this game. He hadn't done every single game this year. Yeah, he Does he, he have 45 more... picks? No, because they yeah, don't throw, throw to him. <laughs> I think he's playing with a lot more fire coming back. I think that, you know, but it wasn't just Peters. That That's my argument. You know, I think that Peters definitely wasn't playing his best football uh, or with the best motivation, uh, you know, for some of those games, especially leading up to that suspension against the Jets. There, You know, there's been times that I've seen him not be as aggressive or – you know, just look kind of lazy. But that's the whole defense. So if you're going to sit here and complain how Marcus Peters isn't even trying on the field, like he's giving up on his team, that whole defense did the exact same thing during that span. The defense wouldn't have looked that bad if it was just Marcus Peters, you know, not showing any effort. And I'm not saying that he wasn't showing any effort by any means. I'm just saying, I, I could tell that there was less effort, but I saw that from everybody on the field. And you don't get this much of a turnaround these last two weeks if not everybody's playing better. And that's my that's my whole deal with Marcus Peters. Like I get that, you know there there's been some issues there. But that whole defense has been an issue and it is cleaned up. We're, we're forgetting about the suspension. You know, it, it's done. It's over with. Let's move on. And I think this defense is looking a lot better. But I think my favorite thing, and we saw like a touch of it against the Raiders. And then we saw more of it in this Chargers game was the fact that Chris Jones was lining on the outside of the linebackers. I saw even on Frank Zombo's side, which I actually really like. I like that just about every time if I could have Chris Jones on the outside of Zombo on passing downs. Um, but we, we saw a lot more blitz packages name drop. Um, you know, you, you saw the Eric Murray, you know, come in for that sack. I can't believe that rivers didn't get rid of that ball. Like you had to see that guy coming. Like I felt like it was in slow-mo just watching it on my TV, but we're, we're, that's something we're not used to. Something's not a big on, you know, doing a lot of blitzes, and while we only had two sacks on the day, I was very happy with the pressure that we were able to get. Yeah, man. I mean, it changed the game. It changed. It's what what we've been missing. I uh, I got so much flack at the beginning of the year because I thought this defensive line was going to be top notch in the NFL, and uh, and you know. As happy as I am with how they're playing recently, they aren't. Um, uh, they may have the the potential to be so, um, but I mean we we've got two weeks left, so <laughs> they it's kind of too late for this season. But I mean, it's uh, it if you don't have your defensive line doing, any, I mean it's common sense, guys. If you don't have your defensive line putting pressure on, and you have a secondary that's playing weak and uh, ten yards off, and you have linebackers that aren't really doing a whole lot, um, you're in trouble, you know. And and the Chiefs made some changes. I mean, you know, credit to uh, credit to Veach. I mean, uh, the additions of Raglan and Pierre Lewis and um, 
Um, Revis, who seems to be playing really well, you know, I think there's some fans out there that are disappointed that he don't have five interceptions already, but uh, I mean, he's playing good. Um, he's not playing awful at all, and I'll take him over uh, aforementioned um, Philip Gaines anytime. You know, my favorite play, I'm going to skip right back to Marcus Peters because I didn't get to talk about my favorite player on the defense, but uh, <laughs> guys, but uh, he, you know what my favorite play was? My favorite play of the game for Marcus Peters was the pass in the end zone where him and Sorensen went up and basically fought each other for that interception. And the camera stayed on them, and Marcus Peters helped Sorensen up, puts his hands on his helmet, and uh, and they both walk away, and you can just slightly see a little smile, you know, on his face. And that, that kind of... Uh, that kind of pulled on my heartstrings a little bit. Man, this guy loves football. This guy is a much smarter football player than most fans are. Um, I hate to hate to break it to you, but uh, he he's he knows what he's doing. And I think I think there's a lot of pressure. I think he put a lot of pressure on himself um, when we were going through that horrible stretch of games. That uh, if he doesn't go for those interceptions and he doesn't do everything he can do to try to get that you know, to try to get that ball back for the, for the offense that he knows they're not going to go his way often. And if he doesn't make something, if something spectacular doesn't happen when the ball goes his way, then he knows that they're not going to go his way the very next play. And I don't think he had confidence in some of those guys. And I don't think any of those guys carried a whole, very much confidence um, during that stretch. And uh, I was tickled to death what a rebound game what a way to come back at home to see the fans embrace him um you know i'm not going to call anybody hypocrites and or anything like that uh it is it is what it is but this guy is if he isn't the best cornerback in, in in football he is definitely in the conversation he's so smart and he does everything you know you can nitpick anything you can nitpick Every play um, that happens in every game, if that's the type of person that you want to be, um, I don't care if he's carrying that ball like a loaf of bread. Like you said, there's nobody around. He didn't hold the ball out there when when people got close. Um, he's not stupid. He's a very smart football player. But uh, Chris Jones is uh, – it, 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 it makes me very happy to see Chris Jones starting to uh, – starting to make some noise down there for sure yeah i come i completely agree with you know everything you just said and i think that we're gonna get to see this secondary make some more uh takeaways in the next two weeks you know you got jay cutler who's only played 12 games and has 14 picks on the season you know he, he's another guy that likes to just lob it up uh and then you know of course denver is good for at least two so i'm i'm really Excited to see, get a couple weeks of feeling good before the playoffs, you know, before you're really uh, nervous, I guess, for a game. Um, but, yeah, we, we talked before, really, it's probably going to be the Ravens that are going to be coming to Arrowhead, and I'm not really terrified by any means of that team. Uh, very up and down, um, you know, <coughs> the only really storyline, I guess, is if you remember this guy... Jeremy Macklin is on the Baltimore Ravens, so it'd be his return to Arrowhead. And, you know, we that's it's kind of a funny deal how everybody was so scared and, you know, ticked off that Jeremy Macklin was gone and, you know, all this stuff. And look at the year he's having in Baltimore. Are, are we still missing him? No. <laughs> Never did. No, it's a good move. You know, I mean, I'd take the number one we have right now over the number one that we had last season for sure, wouldn't you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's already Especially what, saving he's, $9 he's million. Already, yeah, he's already doubled his yards from last year. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I mean, Kareem Hunt, or sorry, not Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill went over 1,000 yards this last game, and Kelsey is, like, within 10. And then you'll have your record for two receiving... A thousand yards and one rushing in a season. Yeah, yeah, 
and then Smith is getting near four thousand. I think there's something where you got a four thousand and then three one thousands or something. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think that, that you know you you think back and look at all the games that we really struggled in, especially with the offense, and think to yourself that this is the best offense possibly in Chiefs you know history, especially recently. Yeah, it's close. I would say at least it's close for sure. Uh, I mean, they're doing things that, it, you know, no other Chiefs team has ever done. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> you, you, it is, it's, it's hard, it's hard to believe. I mean, what, a, what a first stretch, you know, what a first stretch of games that was. Um, it's not to be taken for granted you know, what Kansas City was able to do. Um, because they, there wasn't a lot of numbers being put up, um, uh, for, six seven weeks and uh and here they are you know they still are able to break some records and still able to uh to get those numbers that uh those madden type numbers you know so hopefully they keep put those up in the playoffs so it can mean something (laughs) are you yawning You talk about Chiefs and playoffs and Brit Yawns. That's crazy. Pretty much. <laughs> so there was there was a couple, um, you know, I'm trying to pull them up here on my phone. Um, there's some snap counts that really stood out to me. If I can get them to load, here we go. Uh, you know, you had, let's see, Darrell Revis, only 38% of the snaps, with Terrence Mitchell with 33 uh, they kind of split. Tomba Holly got less snaps with only 30%. Uh, Passino only had 12 snaps, snaps total. You know, I think we're seeing a lot more of the, uh, you know, 3-4 three, three, package. You know, two inside linebackers and only two outside linebackers or outside corners. And so Nelson was taking over that outside corner whenever it, we weren't in the nickel package. Um are you guys surprised or do you guys have any thoughts to some of these guys seeing less snaps this week? DJ should only see like five. <laughs> he saw because, a lot more than five. Because, oh my God, you get burned and ran away from by 500 pound, 98 year old Antonio Gates. You are done. He was on the field 60. Out, I mean, yeah, 67%. It's just, I'm sorry. I love DJ as much as everybody else does, but he's done. He he can't be getting more than 10, 15 snaps a game anymore. Like it just hurts the team when he's getting that many snaps. There were multiple times Saturday night, not just the gates play. That was just the most glaringly obvious, but like every game this year, there were four or five where you saw DJ, you saw where the ball was going last year, year before any other time in his career, he gets there maybe the same time of the ball or the runner. You 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 just see it in your head where that point is gonna hit. And this year, that point, he's five seconds late every time. And I don't know if it's just he's old and he ain't got it anymore or if he's still hurt. He hasn't fully recovered yet. I don't know which. But Ragland and Pierre Lewis need to be getting 90% of the snaps with Derek being a good coach on the sideline and giving breathers here and there. <clears throat> Would you be okay with Raglan and Pierre Lewis as the starting inside uh, for next season? That's they just a question. They stick with three, four. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. They definitely need to bring in some, some help, but I'd be okay with both of those guys heading into next year. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the way both of them have played for sure. Yeah, we I mean, we got to see what happens with uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis with that injury that he sustained in that last game. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think that DJ was on the field too much. Um, I love what Raglan's doing. I wish people would stop comparing DJ and Raglan. Um, you know, everyone keeps liking to talk about how Raglan's going to take over for DJ. Guys, they're two completely different styles of linebacker, and I cannot – say that enough I, you know Kevin Pierre Lewis is the more DJ linebacker um but yeah I mean, I I would be I'd be 
pretty confident with those two going forward, you know, next season. Um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis has, you know, some really nice speed to him to get to the sidelines. He's good in coverage. Raglan, of course, is that guy that's going to just drill anything that gets near him. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's sad to see DJ being, you know, getting to be done. But it, it's definitely time. I, I I completely agree. And the and the rest of the snap counts, I I think they're all pretty good. I mean, I like Revis and Mitchell splitting it fifty fifty basically. Um, just at Revis's age, I don't think you can put him out there for eighty percent of snaps. And I think Mitchell's a perfectly good corner. So I think that's a one. good that's a good fifty fifty split. Um, you know, TK still learning. So I, I, I like him getting snaps, but I mean, he's not somebody I want to see out there a ton, but I like the fact he's getting snaps and I mean, everybody else, I think the rotation they got going on right now is, is a pretty good one. Yeah. I don't have any problems. I, I don't myself personally have any problems with the snap count and, and who got what, um, it now, <sighs> That's only because we we won. <laughs> if if we had lost, I, you know, uh, I would have uh, I would have mentioned that Terrence Mitchell needed to be out there more, especially after the first game that he had against the Chargers and uh, <clears throat> and that type of stuff. But uh, I, I'm I'm okay. I mean, the formula worked. I'm not. Um, I'm I'm okay. I do agree that you know, DJ is is on his last leg here. Um, it, it is, you know, when you're talking about a lifer, you know, it, it, it's rough. It's, t- it's, and it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's definitely hard to write about um, because he's, you know, he's been the guy for so long and, uh, and he's been the leader for so long. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all good things come to an end and all players get older and, um, and eventually they they've run their course. Um, I would love to see him retire as a chief. I think he will, uh, but uh, definitely need uh, definitely need some help. I'm okay with Raglan and Pierre Lewis. They seem to have found a home. Um, I I don't want them playing anywhere else next season. Um, especially Raglan. For some reason, he just reminds me of Derek Johnson so much. Uh, that's uh, just just for you, Travis. But uh, <laughs> but but I do think you know I, I think uh, I, I think we need um, I do think we need to shore up that linebacker core for next season. Definitely going to need somebody else on the other side of Houston, I believe. But uh, yep. But I'm, I'm okay. I, you know, I, I'm okay with 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 how the game played out, and and you know, it's always nice to see. T- um, Pass snow out there, uh, you know. I, I, I always want to see more, um, but uh, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm, I think that there's a lot. Of, you know, we've talked about passing you know, a little bit, and you know, we talked about the you know few little things that we've seen. He's definitely still got some quite a bit of learning to do, and I think that you know this off season will be phenomenal for him you know getting some more time to work with some guys but i am seeing things that are promising you know the bending around getting under the pads of their tackles i i I do like what i see especially from a guy that was just so extremely raw you know coming into this organization um but yeah i mean i think that i would definitely be interested to see what he can do by next season, but I would not shy away from bringing another person in still, you know, at least as a, uh, a relief guy, a rotational guy. So is, is there, is there anything that, you know, we, we talked about how there wasn't really much to, you know, negative to this game other than the, of course, you know, right before half, apparently it matters, None who's calling the plays. Uh, if you have the ball right before half, you're pretty much just going to get close, but not close enough, make really any attempt to get the into the end zone. Um, what, what do you, what do you think is going to, you know, does, is it too, is it too early to get excited 
with this team or you know are you about halfway there you know how, how are you feeling about this team overall going forward you know i know we talked a little bit about the playoffs how we're not very confident yet especially till we see a you know game in the playoffs but how do you feel about this team overall before we head out of here i mean me i feel the same way i've thought about them all season i mean they you know they have an a game then they have an f game and unfortunately it's this through 15 weeks it's one or the other they either play an a game where they could beat pretty much anybody or they play an f game where i'm really glad we haven't played the browns this year (laughs) and so i mean it just depends on which week what are you gonna get you know if we come out next week and play the dolphins and if they pump their chest and feel like they've accomplished something then i could very easily see the dolphins coming in and kicking our butt or do they keep the foot on the gas and wipe them out like they should so then when they play denver they can bench everybody on the team who starts and play nothing but backups and go in and beat denver with nothing but backups and we all laugh and think it's hilarious but i mean i'm not gonna jump on what we've already seen the first five weeks season is what they did the last two weeks and pretend like the six weeks in between didn't happen. That's just, you can't do it. You know, I don't know which one is their team, which one is the real them. I think it's a mixture of both. It would be nice if they had a B or a C game to where if the other team has a B or a C game, you can still keep it close. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see as it goes forward. But, I mean, I, I don't. I don't have any higher hopes, lower hopes, or anything in between. They, to this point, are who I thought they were, and I think they'll win the first round of the playoffs, and then it gets you to the divisional round again, and that's where you'll change opinions. I I apologize for not being able to really counter Brit on this. <laughs> um, I kind I agree with Brit on most of it. Um, it's. It is hard to forget about what happened um, in the uh, the second and third quarters of, of this football season. But it's when you get to the playoffs, yes, the Chiefs have this have this cloud over their heads of, of what they're able to do in the playoffs. It's been that way since I've been watching football since a little kid. Um, the Chiefs have always been, you know, in the 90s, they were one of the best football teams um, in the regular season and never did anything. No matter who the quarterback was, no matter who your defense was, they, they never were able to do anything in the playoffs. Now, the one thing that, as a fan, that I do have a little bit of hope, we were in the Pittsburgh game. And we were. You can't deny the fact that we were in the Pittsburgh game because we were. Um, we were not going to do what we did to the Patriots in Week One if we faced the Patriots. That's there's no doubt about that. I don't see that happening again. But when you get to the playoffs, if you are taking a neutral approach, you got to throw the records out, of, out out the window. Your record in the regular season doesn't matter. There's been plenty of NFL teams. There's been plenty of wild cards, especially in the last decade uh, or decade and a half, wild card teams that have that have gone fairly far or have made the Super Bowl or it, it and and had no business being there. Um, the Chiefs have no business being in the Super Bowl this season. That doesn't mean that they can't make it. That also doesn't mean that I'm predicting predicting them to do so. But uh, the Chiefs look good. They're playing well. Um, it's it's nice to not uh, to to be able to talk about a winning football team again. Um, we we are winning the division, um, and I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. It doesn't really the fact that we started the way we did and then we got went into that lull that lasted for way too long and now it looks like that we're we're back to playing Chiefs football or at least 2017 Chiefs football um 
it's it is it's hard to forget where we won and when we won and where we lost and when we lost but if you spread all those around you know we're still an eight and 16 um in a division that's not near as good as what most people thought at the beginning of the season but uh i think I think there's hope. I think if you have an opportunity to buy a playoff ticket, you should. And, uh, and, and you know, I agree with Travis. I think whoever we face um, in that first game, uh, we should be able to beat. Um, doesn't mean we will, but we should be able to beat. Um, and, uh, and then it's game time, man. Um, yeah, we're going to face... One of the two teams. We're either going to face Pittsburgh or New England. There's no telling what happens from here on out. But you hit on it. If we beat Miami and we get to go to Denver and beat them with a bunch of backups, you know what that means, guys. Nobody's saying nice anything. To not have to wait a full year of seeing Mahomes. Absolutely. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, week 17. We'll get to see him. It'll be a trash game that... Everybody will watch. It may even be the most watched game of the Chiefs season. It will be humongous. I can't wait. And the chance to see Mahomes in Week 17, that is going to be my driving force. That is going to be my driving force for the for the rest of this week. And next week, it's all about Mahomes, baby. Yeah, I, uh, coming out of the preseason, I was excited for the regular season, but at the same time, very depressed knowing that it was going to be a year till we saw Mahomes play again. Um, but before we wrap it up, I got, you know, one quick little question for you guys. As you guys know, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz is out for the year. Nick Foles, their backup, former Chiefs backup, is stepping in, had a win over the Giants. Will Alex Smith and the Chiefs have, make it or let's put it this way. Who will make it further in the playoffs? Alex Smith and the Chiefs or former Chiefs backup quarterback Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles? I would say Foles and the Eagles. Just because their first game will be in the division round and the NFC's a lot of hot garbage, whereas... The Chiefs' second game will have to be in the division round, and they're going to have to face one of the two best teams in football. So, See, I feel like the NFC has been a little more not you know top-heavy. It's more well-rounded. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, w- I want to say Nick Foles, um, but... Ugh. In in a playoff playoff atmosphere without Wentz, uh, I'm not sold on Philadelphia's defense. I'm not sure if anybody else is either. But uh, um, that sure was a tough game against the Giants. Of course, the Giants uh, took it to us. But uh, oh, yeah, I, I would probably say Foles as well. Well, I'll be the lone wolf. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Um, but that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have another episode. Explain yourself. Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. You want to, you want to talk about Nick Foles? Look at, let's look at what he did last year. Let's not talk too much about Nick Foles. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't think I had to explain myself here. You know, I, I was never, I remember everyone wanted Nick Foles to, he stepped in during that Colts game. In a game that Alex Smith was actually playing pretty aggressively before he got hurt, um, you know, a lot of people wanted Nick Foles to step in. And then we saw him against Jacksonville. Keep in mind, Jacksonville was crap last year, and we barely came out of that game. I I really have no. I'm not sold on Nick Foles. You know the. I know we're not talking about you know this Chiefs team from the beginning of the season, but. You know, we beat them with Carson Wentz. And I think that, I think the NFC, you know, I know I know that we'll be playing either the Steelers or the Patriots more than likely, but I'm, I'm just still, 
I have more confidence in the Chiefs than I do Nick Foles, no matter where he plays. I, I've never been high on him. Um, you know, I I, th- I think that there's definitely a lot more issues and tendencies going into the playoffs for the Chiefs, but you know, you're looking at a team where most of it hasn't really had much playoff experience at all. So I have more confidence in the chiefs. I know a lot of you guys don't, and that's okay. So, so when I'm right, you guys can, you know, Hey, let me know. Homer. (laughs) Yep. I got a lot of that that last week. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey, no. And that's fine. Hey, you guys give me a hard time at the beginning when I even said playoffs. Okay. And chiefs in the same sentence. So, well, you are this podcast. Playoffs. So yeah, you're talking about playoff, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay. I'm okay with with your answer. Now I'm probably I'm probably more okay with your answer than I am with my own. Um, I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to take it back. It just seemed like you said, okay, well, I'm going to be the uh, lone wolf and I'm going to go the other way. And then you just <laughs> cut into, well, that's it, we're done. And so I had to. <laughs> that's fine. I, didn't want, I don't I mind explaining take, myself. I was not going to let you take the easy way out there whatsoever. That's fine. That's. Good. I was. I was. I'll admit, I was surprised. I, I I knew Britt would go Eagles, but I, I figured you would be Kansas City, you know, being the podcast's homer. But I guess well, I'll be the homer this week. Well, Philadelphia is is going to get to sit at home while the Chiefs have to fight to get to where Philadelphia is as far as depth in the playoffs. And then and and, and I'm not I'm not real big. I I don't see a lot of. A, a lot of threatening teams in the uh, in the NFC this season. Uh, Carson Wentz in Philadelphia was the same. You know, they were the guys. Um, they were the team um, to watch for. Uh, the Rams. The Rams are are intriguing a little bit, but uh, especially after what they did to Seattle, which was probably more of a problem with Seattle than 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 good with the Rams. But uh, I just uh, if if Carson Wentz went down in week 17. Um, I'm, I'm sure my answer would be a little bit different with, with Nick Foles doing what he's doing and having a little bit of time uh, to try to get it right. No, he's not Carson Wentz. And no, he doesn't look really good um, out there, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I wanted to say Alex Smith and, and Chiefs would go further, but they, they have to play a game to get where Philadelphia is at um, more than likely. And, uh, and, and then that, that game, it, it, Philadelphia doesn't have to play Pittsburgh or New, New England and Kansas city does. And, and so that's, that's where the answer, that's where the answer goes. I would take Alex Smith over Nick Foles any day. I would take the chiefs defense over <laughs> Philadelphia's any day, the chiefs offense over Philadelphia's even eat every, every day. But, uh, I just think that Philadelphia is going to have a little bit easier route, especially that first game uh, than Kansas City will. That's fine. So, I'll, so I'll see, I, I I explain myself, and Britt's been quiet ever since he's ever since he stated his statement. So, whatever. everybody knew what I was going to say, so I didn't even have to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got for you guys today. Make sure to go and check out all the. Uh, stuff on Arrowhead Addict and on Casey Kingdom, and we will talk to you guys on Friday. Go Chiefs. Peace out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. If you want to hear more, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see the content that your hosts put out there, you can find myself at NFL. Or you can find my content on Arrowhead Addict. Just search for Travis Steffen. If you want to hear more from Britt Zank, then you can find him at bzank17 on Twitter. And he also is an Arrowhead Addict contributor. If you want to find more on Chris Taylor, make sure you find him on Twitter at ctaylor1911. Or you can find his stuff over at kckingdom.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.